Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, depending upon where you are around the world. My name is Jeff Bishop, and I'm here, one of the co-hosts of ACB Radio's Main Menu Live here on ACB Media One. And tonight we've got two fun-filled great hours, and we're going to do our annual visit with Ryan Jones, who's uh, new for us on the Main Menu Live team in in talking about uh, the new JAWS 2023 update. We usually have uh, Eric filling in this space, but Eric is... Probably well, on the golf course. He's uh, retired, out on the golf actually. course now. He's yeah, on anniversary enjoy, with his wife. Enjoying yeah, life. He's, actually, he's on a cruise this week. Yeah. Yes. Wow, on a cruise yep. this week. Terrific. Is it eight years, I think? Ten, ten. ten years. Ten, ten years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then in the second hour, we're going to be um, talking all about password managers. And what is the current state of password managers? You know, some of us uh, went through a little bit, a, a little bit of a difficulty with uh, 1Password on iOS which caused a number of us to go out and take a look at the market and try to figure out, well, what's out there? What should we would be, uh, what should we be considering when we're looking at password managers today? And so we're going to bring on a, a friend of the show, uh, Demasi, who's going to come in and help us have this discussion. And we're going to talk all about current password managers, that being LastPass, 1Password, and my favorite one right now, which is Bitwarden. And we'll fill you in on all of the, the latest updates happening in that space, give you some recommendations or at least things to ponder and think about. But without further ado, uh, John, we also have Bob. Us? We also have Bob from uh, from Envision Glasses who will be in. Yeah, he'll be joining us too. Yeah, although I hadn't yes. heard back from him. So I wasn't no, sure. That's, if he a, was... that's a definite. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's good. Okay. I hadn't heard, I didn't see an okay. email from him. So no, and I forgot to send it to you. No, that's <laughs> fine. It's fine. It's great. Okay. Johnny well, right. Well, is John back? I don't know. Okay, he's rebooting still. So, oh, go that's ahead. fine. All right. Go ahead. All right. Well, welcome aboard, Ryan, and uh, welcome to ACB Media One. I think you've been on ACB Media in other flavors over on community and things, uh, talking about all, all kinds of things software based, right? Yeah, I've, I think I've been on some events for training in the past, and yeah, uh, yeah I was, I've been on Tech Talk a few times in the past. So, mm -hmm. it's good to be on main menu, though. Yeah, yeah, we're we're glad you're here. So, uh, tell us before we get into to the new Jaws update, because of course that's really what we're here to all to, to learn about and find out what's new. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and 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 your background. And I know, for example, you you did a really really cool thing um, around the holidays too. Which, if anyone's listened to FS Cast for any length of time, we know all about that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's actually getting into that season. So I know it's so exciting. Yeah, it is. So yeah. Um, I grew up in Florida, up in the, the northwest part of Florida. Uh, I was born low vision. So as I was growing up, I was using books on tape in school and, and um, low vision devices, CCTVs. Although at that time, they were the ones with a big camera and the 200 watt light bulbs that aimed down over the tray. And so and I, I would get done with my homework at night and the, the hair on the back of my hand would be singed from the heat, from the, the lights. And so that technology certainly come a long way. 
but I, I started using JAWS in about 2000. I, uh, my vision deteriorated enough that I wasn't able to use the low vision technology. So I switched over to JAWS. So I've been using JAWS for a little over 20 years, which sounds like a lot, but but in our community, it's actually kind of an average. I, there's so many people I meet that 25, 26, 27 years of, of using JAWS. And so I feel like it's been a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not. Um, I went to Auburn University, did a bachelor's degree there in information management. And then my first real or quote unquote real job was uh, when I started working for Freedom Scientific back in the early 2000s, uh, I went to work in the training department. And a funny story, I actually applied for an IT job, ended up getting a training job and and the rest is history, as they say. So I started working with Dan Clark, who many of you know from the years of uh, training tapes and webinars and things. And Dan retired a couple of years ago. And I did that for, for a number of years. I also worked for a time for a nonprofit agency doing some assistive technology training in the Washington, D.C. area and also in the Caribbean. And in about 2016 or so, uh, Freedom Scientific was, of course, merging and becoming, at the time, VFO, uh, which is now Vespero. But at that time, we were starting a an enterprise consulting team where we were starting to get into the business of website accessibility, app accessibility. So I started to shift over into that team and and uh, I worked uh, for the past several years in that group, which is now TPGI or the Paciello Group Inter- Interactive. So I kind of specialized in um, program management and solutions um, architecture around web accessibility and smartphone app accessibility. But my niche area, because I, I was so familiar with AT products, partly because that's it's always been my career and my own personal story as well. So I, I managed a lot of our projects around JAWS scripting. Uh, one of the greatest things I've ever worked on was a, a huge project, which some may be familiar with that we did with McDonald's on kiosk accessibility. So we actually integrated JAWS into McDonald's kiosks. And there's a well over, I think we're over 1,500 kiosks right now in the U.S., and that number grows every month uh, where you can walk into a McDonald's kiosk and there's a keypad on that uh, kiosk in it with a headphone jack. And if you plug in headphones, you'll get text-to-speech, and it's all driven by JAWS. So that's one of the coolest things that I've probably worked on in a long time. So you know, I was doing that, and, and when Eric... Um, decided that he was retiring and this opportunity came about, I was really happy to step back over to the software team. I know most of the team, I've known many of them for over 15 years. So it was kind of like a a little bit of a homecoming in some ways to come back to that. That's really where I got started on is is in software side. And so been doing, this is almost the end of my third month of officially taking the reins since Eric retired. We were joking earlier, Eric's actually on a cruise this week. It's it's 2023 release week, and Eric's on a cruise. First time in his uh, over 28 years he's ever been on a cruise at the end of October, probably. And so um, happy for him. He's, he's enjoying retirement. And I'm happy to step into this role because uh, we have such a wonderful team of engineers and support team and training and documentation and all the different aspects that go into the software we create. And so I'm just so thankful to work with that team and, you know, to, to build these products that many of us use on a daily basis, but also kind of from a professional standpoint. So. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. 
Well, let's get into it and, and find out what's all new in the new Jaws 2023 release. It came out, uh, I think, on Tuesday of this week. Is that right? It, it, it did. did. Yeah, it came out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so for, for those who are using Jaws 2022 or Fusion or ZoomText for that matter, you might have already gotten a notification if you were using the at least uh, the April or later update of 2022. You might have got a notification that said there's an update available and it would have then said, Actually, 2023 is available. And so in the past, those automatic update notifications only applied to the current version of JAWS. So if you were if it was an update to version 2022, it would have told you about it. But now we're able to tell you when a whole new brand new version is available. And and if you follow the prompt there, it would it would download that installation and, and start the installation for 2023. Now, if you don't have automatic updates turned on or you have a firewall or anything that's preventing it, you can, of course, go download it as as we've always been able to do from the Freedom Scientific website. I I always encourage people to go to the Freedom Scientific website and read the What's New pages. And that that's where you really get some more detailed information, more so than what I can cover in the time we have this evening. So there's there's going to be a lot more detailed about ZoomText, Fusion, and JAWS and, and those new features. But this evening, a few things that I, I want to highlight on. Um, I think for JAWS, the, the biggest new feature is something called Smart Glance. And it's one that we started working on this, or the team started working on this many months ago. It took a while to kind of refine how this would work. But the idea here is that when we're using a web page with JAWS, we we can move to different types of elements based on how the web page is coded or programmed. So we can press H to jump to headings. Well, in order for JAWS to know something is a heading, it has to be tagged or coded as a heading. In order for JAWS to know something is a link, it has to be coded as a link. And so that's the way we've traditionally navigated websites. Um, But there's other types of information that's conveyed visually. So web page developers will often make things stand out visually by bolding the text or making it a different color or a different style font. And that may not correlate or correspond to a certain type of web page element. So in other words, they may have some bolded text on the screen, but it's not a heading, uh, either because they didn't tag it as one or they didn't think they should tag it as one. And, and so whatever the case may be, there's often text on the screen that stands out to someone who can see the screen but would not necessarily stand out to those of us who use JAWS. That's what Smart Glance is designed to do, is help bring to light those types of things or text that that may visually stand out. So <clears throat> a good example is on the, if you go to freedomscientific.com, there's lots of headings and links and all those traditional accessibility things. On the There's a place on the screen, I, I forget where it is visually, it has our phone number. It says call toll-free, and then it gives our 800 number. Well, that text visually stands out from the text around it, but it's not marked as a heading, and, and nor should it be. But the Smart Glance feature will bring that to light. And, and actually, uh, if we press the commands to jump to Smart I, Smart Glance items, it will actually show up there. So the way that you can use Smart Glance is by pressing the letter Y to Y is in yellow, that will tell JAWS jump to the next Smart Glance item or pressing Shift Y will jump to the previous Smart Glance item. And that works the same way as we move to headings and form controls and 
all the other types of things. So um, why and shift why will move us to those things. It, we Those things we call them are, we call them glance highlights. So smart glance is the name of the feature. Glance highlights are the different items that we, that JAWS finds on that page. So what I can do briefly actually is should be able to bring JAWS here. So we'll do it. And this is on by default, right? It is. And so JAWS will actually tell you when you go to a page now, how many glance highlights are on that page. So you normally are used to hearing the list of how many links, how many headings uh, and and regions are on a page. Well, now you'll also hear it tell you how many glance highlights are. Number, number, windows, defaults. Jeff, can you hear JAWS coming through? Skip to me. I can. Excellent. So I'm on an Amazon web page, and I just did a search for the word laptop. Now, I'm actually going to refresh the page so we can hear what it sounds like when a page loads. Control F5, Amazon.com colon laptop, Amazon.com colon laptop. Page has nine regions, 35 headings, and 497 links. There are 14 smart glance highlights on this page. So right there at the end, we heard there are 14 smart glance highlights. That's a lot of them, huh? That's, That's interesting. A pretty good bit, but the page had over 400 links. So yeah, yeah. Those all those bits and pieces of info tell me this is a quite a large page. So obviously, if if I'm searching for things, I can use headings. Amazon's websites are are quite accessible. Um, but let's just see what smart glance items Jaws brings to light. So if I'm at the top of the page, Amazon and I press the letter Y, it'll take me to the next smart glance item. Find your laptop. So this is a, a piece of text that says find your laptop. It's not a heading because if it's a heading, Jaws isn't going to call it a smart glance item. It's going to call it a heading by default. And and if I were to down arrow, how will you primarily be using your laptop? Home and entertainment button. So there's a little thing where Amazon's asking me some questions about how you know to help narrow down search results. Now this is in between several headings, actually. So if I were arrowing through the page, I would have found this little section. But if I were just navigating by heading, I would have quickly ended up in the search results, and I would have never even known that this little search feature or a filter feature was here. So I'll press Y again. Results. And then now I'm getting into probably near where the heading of, of the different results are. Highly rated. Then there's another section here, highly rated. If I were to down arrow. Sponsored vertical bar based on star rating and number of... Co- I'll find some things here. So these words... Your highly rated search results. These words are visually standing out on the screen, and that's why Smart Glance is keying in on them. Handpicked by Amazon. Browse. Everyday. Essential. All around. I'm just pressing Y. More results. Because what I want to get to here. Need help? Get to know us. Page one of two. So after all the search results, there's some sections here with links to different of uh, different categories that Amazon has provided. So this first section, same page link back to top, get to know us, get to know us, list of eight items, link careers, link Amazon newsletter, link about Amazon. There's links here about different topics that Amazon uh, may want us to know about how to connect with them. That's not coded as a heading <clears throat> that the text there that said, get to know us. And if I were navigating by heading, I would have never come across it. If I press Y again, make money with us. 
Here's another section if I down arrow. List of 10 items. Link sell products on Amazon. Here's the list of 10 items about ways you can make money with Amazon, which anytime we can make money sounds like a good idea, right? So more information that I, I would have not probably come across had I not been exploring with smart glance items. Amazon payment products. List of nine items. And then here's some more things about Amazon payment. So there are four or five sections like this at, towards the bottom, or I say bottom is bottom is in what we navigate with JAWS of the web page, well past all the search results that I've, I actually never knew were here until I started using this smart glance feature because I didn't ever take the time to arrow down through the whole page. This is a big page. It'd probably take 20 minutes to read all this. So it, smart glance will help you find things that you may not have ever come across before. The other nice thing it will do is websites that you might go to if they're not very accessible, if they've not been coded in the right way, it may help you get around the different parts of that page easier. There's a, another website I go to often that does not have any headings on it. It's a, it's a government website, so it should be accessible, but it's not really accessible. It does not use headings. And Smart Glance has actually helped me navigate that site much better without having to arrow through or tab through all of those different things. So it's a really good way to explore the page. It also works on PDF files, which I think is really nice. So if you open a PDF, if that PDF has bolded text or other things that make some of that font stand out visually, Smart Glance can help you there as well. I can think of educational situations where this might be helpful too, especially if stuff is marked up, uh, you know, with an online book or something. Yeah. And some have, have used it on education sites where they're bolding certain words to make mm -hmm. them stand out from a, a, you know, an English or literary perspective. And Smart Glance can help you key in on those things as well. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. That will, that will be uh, really helpful to people. And, uh, you know, as people are, are studying or, or reading on the web and they're, they're, they're wanting to, to make sure they, they stay, uh, you know, as, as free as possible in, in the way that they're interacting with their device. I see that there's now some new features in the way that we're handling notifications in JAWS 2023. Yeah, that's right. So the notifications manager, notifications history came out. Space, I'm, I'm volume, gonna, sound cards. I'm going to pull JAWS out of the audio here. Um, so notification manager came out back in June. Uh, in JAWS 2022, and we've, we've been doing some updates and we'll continue to do updates and enhancements on it. But a few things of note that <clears throat> were done in this 2023 release, we added the ability to use regular expressions. And regular expressions is just a kind of a technical way of refining how a rule works. And the goal of notifications manager is to either filter out messages or alerts that websites or applications send to JAWS to speak, we can either filter those out or we can actually change the way that JAWS announces those things. So examples might be if you're using Outlook or Teams, oftentimes those applications will pop up notifications and JAWS will read them. Well, the notifications manager feature in JAWS will let us either filter some of those out or speak them in a different way. So an, an example of this is when I get a Teams call, it says, you know, um, John Smith is calling, and then it'll read me 
two or three different keystrokes I could use to answer or hang up or whatever with that call. Well, since I use Teams all day, every day, pretty much, then I already know what those keystrokes are. I don't need to hear them every time. You don't time. have to hear that again and again, right? Exactly. It kind of just gets to be noise. And so Notification Manager can let me filter that where I can just have JAWS say, John Smith is calling. And that's it. And it won't read me those hotkeys every time. Oh, so that's interesting. So the regular expressions not only search for the things that it should look for, but it can also filter the output of the notification itself as well. Exactly. So it can. So an, oh, another, no, I didn't realize that. Okay. Another example, when Outlook, uh, if you're using Outlook 365, when a new message comes in, if you haven't turned this off, it will also force JAWS to speak a notification and say new oh, yes, message it does. Yeah. from so-and-so. And then it'll actually read the first part of the message. Right. Well, that can also be a lot. So I turned those notifications off with an Outlook, but mm -hmm. I also- the setting. Yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. so I thought, well, or it would be really nice if we could just speak part of that information, but not the whole thing. And so notifications manager will let us do that. So I actually set up a notification that will just say new email from John Smith and it won't read anything else. Or I could set it up to say new email from John Smith subject is blah, blah, blah. So it could take parts of that message that JAWS was speaking and either rearrange it or filter on and only speak parts of it. So, so are there are there tags that represent like the the name versus the subject versus or, or how how are you doing that or is it strictly based on the string that you're hearing? It's it's based on the string, and then you have to use the codes that are set up by regular expressions. Got and, it. Yes. Got and it. it's actually mm -hmm. it can be pretty complicated, but it's it's not overly complicated. And I'll, I'll what I would suggest is for anyone who wants to try this, the FS cast that came out today that Glenn Gordon did, he goes into a little bit of a tutorial on how to do this. And he walks you through an example with Teams, very similar to what I just mentioned, and also in Outlook. And uh, I actually did the one that he suggested in Outlook, and, and I've been enjoying it so far myself. So Glenn makes this more approachable for those of us who are not super technical programmer type of people. Um, you can get as powerful as you want or, or try to keep this very basic and simple. And, you know, I, I will say that uh, my plan is that sometime in next year, we will actually provide rules that we think people will benefit from. We'll provide them in JAWS itself, and then you'll have the ability to turn them on or off. So I probably shouldn't say that because it's <laughs> we haven't done it yet, but but yes, I already exactly. told the team this is something we're definitely going to do. So it'll really be handy because then you won't have to try to build these yourself. Um, you'll you'll be able to take advantage of ones that that we've pre-built for you and, and turn them on or off. I love that. So this feature we've seen a lot of people really benefiting from it, especially for efficiency. Uh, and so we think. There's a there's a lot more things we can do with it, and we're we'll, we're going to continue to to make it better and and based on feedback as well. So we we want to hear feedback on how you're using these things. Yeah, and and then for for those of us that are always interested in more battery life on our devices and and uh, looking at newer device technology, it looks like you're offering now in 2023 new ARM based support. Now, what does that mean, Ryan? Yeah, the first time I heard this arm support, I thought that that's a sling, right? If I if I break my arm, I need arm support. And so turns out it's actually a technical thing. Um, arm is a type of processor architecture that is 
used by devices that really want to limit the battery consumption. So they're they're often used on newer laptops or other types of devices who who need long battery lives. That's one of the benefits of the ARM architecture. And without sort of the the technical jargon of it, it's a it's there are quite a few computers, laptops now that use the ARM architecture and and Macs as well. And we had to do a lot of reprogramming in JAWS to make JAWS be able to work with that type of processor architecture. And so that work has been done for JAWS. So now if you buy, I know some of the newer Surface uh, tablets from Microsoft use ARM, the Surface X, and I think there's a Surface Pro maybe. There's, I mean, most any computer manufacturer has ARM devices now. One of the reasons they do it is because they have really great battery life. Um, Apple's Mac, MacBook Air with the M2 processor, that uses an ARM device. Now, we can't run JAWS on Apple OS, but you can run JAWS on a Mac with uh, tech, technology called Parallels, which will let you run Windows on a Mac. So in order to do that, you would need the uh, ARM support. So JAWS 2023, by default, will work on ARM devices. There's a few things that are still in development. So for example, if you use a camera for OCR with your computer, uh, that's not working quite yet. Uh, the dongle, USB dongle authorization is not working, but the vast majority of everything is working and the rest of those things will get ironed out over time. Uh, I, I will note that ZoomText, and thus Fusion, you cannot run on ARM yet. That's something that we're still working on. And it will take a little, take some time still to get Zoom text functioning fully on ARM. Cool. Now, do, to get ARM support, do you have to download a separate executable to do the installation? Or does the main JAWS you know, installation process handle that for you? The main JAWS installation is smart enough to know if you're using ARM or x86, and it'll just install the right one. So you don't even have to download uh, a special version of JAWS for it. It'll just figure it out. Oh, that's great. Okay. Uh, is there anything else? I'm, I'm actually up on your, your page right here, and, and I know there's some other things here. Uh, there's yeah, some sound card changes here too. Yeah, I wanted to mention this one. So this has been a thorn in many of our sides for the last couple of years. So any of you who use Dell computers over the past couple of years, um, you may have noticed that the, the computer would get sluggish after you used it for a few hours. It might start to become unstable. Things would crash. They might freeze up or the computer would lock up. We started getting calls about this. Uh, this has been a couple of years ago now. And it, it took a little while to figure out what was going on. And, and what we finally traced it to was an application that is installed on most all Dell computers called Waves Max Audio. And it's a little background application that runs and, and does some things uh, related to the sound card. One of the things it does is uh, when you plug in headphones or some sort of speaker device to the computer, it would reroute the audio to that device. So if I go and plug in headphones, then it's going to put the audio through my headphones instead of my regular speakers. Well, with th this problem that was that exists with that application was sort of an interactive or an interconnectivity problem between jaw between the the Waves Max application and any application giving a lot of information to the sound card, which Jaws would apply. Jaws is talking all the time if you're using it. Same thing would be for uh, any other screen reader for that matter, and the application 
would start using up all the memory on the computer. And that's why the computer would become unstable over time. Well, we we spoke to Dell and, and connected with them quite a few times and they, they never really did anything about it. So finally, uh, back in the summer, we, de- we decided to try to find a way to solve this problem. So Glenn Gordon, who, who I call the technical wizard of, of JAWS and, and has been doing this for forever since JAWS was first developed, basically, he found a way to change our synthesizer drivers to get around this problem. And it actually worked exceptionally well. So if you have a Dell computer and you had turned off the Waves Max audio tool, which that's what we had to tell people to do for the past couple of years to stop the problem. We just had to tell you how to disable it. You can now re-enable it if you have JAWS 2023. And that that will give you the benefit now of things working right. When you plug in headphones, your audio should start coming through your headphones. And, and when you unplug, it'll go back to your main speakers. So Very cool. that's that's a really good improvement. And if you um if you don't have a Dell now and you buy one later, then you'll get this benefit as well. Yeah. And then you guys did some stuff back in, uh, let's see, was it JAWS 2021, I think, that, that you added the other feature to help with like the real tech drivers and things of that nature? Yeah. Um, and there were some some things that, especially for Bluetooth, yeah. there were some issues there where you would you would start to press something in, in the beginning. You wouldn't get like, speech, yeah. You'd get, yeah, you'd lose like the first syllable of a syllable, word. Syllable, yep. Yep. So so that was done. So all these things are, you know, the, the landscape of technology changes so quick. And so we're always having to react to what's Adapt happening to out there. New things with sound cards and Bluetooth and all these things that we yeah. just sort of take for granted. Jaws is really tied into those things. And so it, it it keeps us up late at night sometimes dealing with it. Now I know um, you know, in in past releases, and when you went up to the what's new page, we would see just tons of uh actual fixes that were included in a JAWS release. And I and I noticed that this time this year, um, that that you mainly centered on the high-level changes that were made in the release um this year. Is was that was that intentional or or um, did you find that that might was a little overwhelming for users to to slog through that because one I think one of the core reasons for people to to maintain their their SMAs or do their home you know annual agreements is is to get all of these just amazing fixes. In fact, uh, just speaking for myself, uh, I would even have no problem with just you know, bug fixes every year annually. That it, exactly. it's, that, Yeah. You know, so I'm just wondering, was that an intentional um, thing or, or was, cause I mean, obviously you guys probably have done, you know, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of them, right? Hundreds, hundreds of changes. I, I lost count a while. Yes, exactly. It, it's yeah. Multi hundreds of things. And, and you're right. So there, we did intentionally um, pare the list down to things that, we thought would be most notable or impactful to people. And so actually I'm looking at the what's new page. So in the, in the last heading there says additional changes and there's about 12 things here. So, so we tried to pick sort of the highlights of the minor changes, not necessarily a new feature. It's maybe no, a bug yeah. fix. And so we picked sort of the most, what we think are the most impactful ones, but but yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of things. And actually every update, even when we, no matter whether we put new features in or or not. Yeah, you're always doing generally it. Generally has 
um, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of yeah. other changes as well. So, some of us like to see that list because it you never yeah, know when you go, oh my gosh, I did not know you fixed that. And I will start doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of thing. I think so. we'll probably swing a little back the other way next time. Uh, the, the more I was looking at it as well, we might include some more. We'll, we'll never include all of them because it would just be overwhelming. But uh, I will say that we're working on some things right now where we're going to fix a lot of things or, or sort of tweak some things of how we read web content. And so we're definitely going to be including those because you'll actually notice this when you use exactly. to navigate the web. So we really want to call, we'll call those out because your experience using the web will be better and, and we want to make sure you know about them. Yeah, that's great. Um, now for those people who, who are either entitled for 2023 and perhaps are, have run out of their SMA or, who need to upgrade? Um, what what is the current landscape on that? If if either you have a home license or a professional ILM key, you know that that you're still hand, holding on. For example, I have a professional license, uh, so I, I'm holding on to my my four digit serial number. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, one, one of the one of the key reasons is that I don't want to have to go change all my scripts that uh, rely on a serial number. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of painful. It, it is <laughs> for sure. So there's a couple of things going on. I think it's been it's been several years ago we started the home annual program or home annual use program, and that was a kind of a subscription based service through our portal, our web portal, where you could go to our e store, buy a license. It was it's ninety five dollars a year for Jaws, eighty five for Zoom Text, and uh, you you could purchase it for yourself as long as you're using it for your home use, you know, not for for work use then then you could buy this and and this would just bill you every year basically like if we have you know, if we use Netflix or Amazon Prime or other subscription services so you would get billed every year and as long as you're current then then you'll be able to keep using whatever version of the product is out at that time doesn't matter there's no SMA terminology it's just as long as you're current uh, with your payment then you've got access to whatever's there at that time that still exists and you can go to freedomscientific.com and go to the e-store and you can make that entire transaction online you can purchase the a home annual subscription there the other traditional way that that many of us have done it is we have jaws professional or jaws home and you would buy the sma the two-year sma those those still exist you can go buy a two-year sma but what we're actually encouraging people to do is use right now what we're calling our annual maintenance subscription. So instead of SMA, it's AMS, just reverse it. And that is where you can start paying per year. So with the, the times that we live in economically, sometimes it's harder to spring for, you know, if you have a JAWS Pro license, it's about $320 for that SMA. That will give you the next two years, but you're going to have to pay that money up front. And so the AMS program will allow people to pay on an annual basis. And, and obviously then it defers the cost out. So the, the AMS is going to be a cheaper license on a yearly basis. So that is available too from the website. You would put in your serial number and it and it should tell you, you know, either if you're current, it'll tell you what the cost for AMS is. And if you're not current, it'll actually give you a price to upgrade and get your license to be current. And so we've dramatically over the last couple of years reduced the prices to get yourself current. So I, I would say that if you're using JAWS Pro, 
right now, uh, even if you have a license that's a couple of years old, it's going to be one price that'll get you current, and then you would uh, add on the AMS subscription. I, I will say that we're going to probably tweak some of this as we go into next year, um, and and so we'll we'll put a lot more documentation and promotion out because I think we're we're definitely going to need to we're going to want to promote this more of people, especially with the kind of the way we live in the economics that we face right now. But we needed to get some tweaks done and get some other things done in the systems first to make it more sustainable. So it's probably why we, we haven't really promoted it very strongly. It's available, but we haven't really been publicizing it. But I'd say by the first to the early part of the year, we will. Um, so there's the, the goal is we want multiple ways to get the software to people, whether you already have it, whether you're just using it for home. Uh, and, and that's always going to be the case. Have you thought about allowing people to maintain their license on the portal that like you can with the home annual for those that have professional licenses? Yeah, the the portal you you'll 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 get billed every year for it if you sign up for it. So you'll kind of keep that license. It, it won't you won't be able to transfer an older license serial number over to it unfortunately. So you Jeff with your four digit um serial number you're not going to be able to put that over into the portal but um, the, the portal is really good for just simplicity. And yeah, it's great, it, actually. Yeah. It works wonderful. That model works great for those who, if you're not getting JAWS through a rehab agency or through your employer, and actually what a lot of people don't know is depending on what college you go to, if you go to college or a school or even a lot of employers have the ability that you can go to our portal and get a free home license just by being affiliated with that education institution or that company. So that's another benefit that we're trying to use. And, and again, the, the point here is if you're using it at work, if you're using JAWS at work or at school, we really want you to be able to use it at home. And we don't want you to have to pay for a pro license, like what employers and, and rehab. Yeah, that's that's awesome. For. That's awesome. Well, before we open it up for questions, uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up tonight on your side there, Ryan? You know, I think the biggest thing is just to reiterate that the the software landscape that we live in today is we're we're putting updates out about every six to eight weeks. And so, you know, in the, in the past, you had a CD that came out and that's how you had to install everything. And so pretty much if you didn't get all the new features in in October when that CD was printed, you weren't going to get much else throughout the year, except maybe really critical updates. But yeah. with the internet now, we don't we don't have those constraints anymore. And so we will have updates to not only fix things or, or if we, when we change things based on uh, browsers changing or operating systems changing, we'll, we'll continue to do that. But we'll actually be putting out new features throughout the year. So we have a roadmap right now where we've got a couple of really significant new features, both for JAWS and ZoomText that will be coming out in the first half of next year. So that's a little bit different model that we've done in the past. We started doing that last year, you saw with Notification Manager that came out kind of towards the end of the 2022 cycle, but we're going to continue to do that and do it even more. So October won't be the only time where we'll have new features going forward. We're going to have things coming out all throughout the year. And, I, and that's that's actually really exciting to me because it'll just a lot more fun to, you know, we don't put all our eggs in the one basket of October. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah, you guys have been doing that for a few years now. So it makes it kind of exciting. It's like Christmas throughout the year, you know? Yeah, it's not just, uh, oh, here's another update with bug fixes. It's here's another yeah. update and here's this really cool new thing that we didn't even know existed before. Boy, boy I'll tell you though, don't don't short sheet the uh, bug fixes though, man. I, I, again, no, they, I, I, uh, they are always- They are quality. so hugely important. They are. And I know a lot of people tell me they're so happy that that Freedom works so much now with- uh, with Microsoft and with Google, and when they fix something, it's very quickly uh, fixed and added to to Jaws and Fusion, which is it didn't it wasn't that way several years ago, but now it doesn't take long at all. You know, there's a perfect example of that 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 happened a few weeks ago. That uh, Google Chrome made a, a change was made in Chrome that broke some keyboard functionality for JAWS users. And we heard about it immediately through our support lines. And we reached out to our contacts that we work with a lot at Google. They fixed it within a matter of days. They even pushed a special update to Chrome to get this fixed. And then, then we worked with Microsoft because Edge uses the same Chromium technology. So we worked with our friends at Microsoft to get them to, you know, to help expediate this through. So everybody worked. It was a great example of, the little old AT company, Jaws, which you know it seems like it's big to us, but in the grand scheme of things, we're a drop in the bucket. But those relationships we have with Microsoft, Google, and, and other companies are extremely valuable, and, and people will get things done. And so it was really good moment of collaboration, I think, for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. John, did you want to bring up anything before we over, open it up for questions? Uh, not that I, I can think of. The pr problem for me is I'm doing so much work behind the scenes. I, I forget what you forget what's new, important. right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, I, I get that. Uh, uh, just for everyone's just, to be fully uh, transparent, I work at Microsoft <laughs> and, uh, so we, we had the same problem. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, wow. A, a new feature was released. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's see now. When was that? <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> yeah, yeah. when you're when you're, you know, deep in the bowels of uh, of working on software. It's one of those situations where it's hard to keep up on on what's current versus what you're working on. You know, yeah. that's coming it's, out. And, and you know, like an author who writes a book and does a publicity tour, and somebody asks him a question about what they see as the current book, and he wrote that a year ago. And yeah, so exactly. That, yes, doesn't exactly. remember anymore. You know? Yes, exactly. I'm talking about 2023. Our team is already working on the December and the February updates of 2023. So they're they're way ahead of me because you, you're always working on the next thing. Oh, I would right. not be surprised if someone's already cracking 2024 stuff at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, far. I mean, there's you probably have somebody in the in the in a lab somewhere doing something. So yeah, sure. yeah it's fun stuff. All right. Well, well, Nancy is here. And uh, she's here to help us uh, with raised hands. And we have both Zoom participants as well as Clubhouse. So, uh, Nancy, you want to take it from here? Sure, I can do that. And we can check with Travis and Clubhouse to see if there's any hands over there. And our first hand over here, we have two so far, is Joe. Hey, Joe. Is he Hello. Muted? There Hello. you go, Joe. How you doing? Hey, hey how are you this evening? Um, I, I had a quick question. Um, so I, in comparison, am a very new user to JAWS. Um, but I like to believe that I've 
dove in like head first, so to speak, because my business, my online business, I uh, had low vision when I started it and I've recently lost all my site. So I've had to remodel it, uh, but with how I use JAWS. So like in tandem with JAWS, mm -hmm. um, I do affiliate marketing um, for websites like Amazon and, and Fanatics and whatnot. Um, the one main question that I had, and I heard it kind of raised briefly, is there are some function, functions within navigating certain websites that I still find very, very challenging. Um, and I was wondering, A, would there be any improvements to JAWS to kind of mitigate some of these problems? Or, and B, um, are there uh, solutions to these problems? <clears throat> so the problem that I have is, is an example. Um, if I go to fanatics.com to, per, to um, pick out a product that I can market, um, it has different regions. And it has like a column where it's like a bunch of filters and like the results are on like the main page, I guess what would be the right side of the screen. And it's just so difficult to get from the filters to the results without having to down arrow or pull up a links list and then like scroll all the way through. So that was my number one concern. And my number two had to do with um, another th part of Fanatics, which was more technical. It was um, what they call product feeds. So if you have a website, you could put these product feeds in, in, on your website and it's kind of like a carousel. And it's like a code. Um, but in order to get the code, you have to click on this icon. And JAWS doesn't, it's so that the icon's on the screen, but JAWS doesn't recognize it. it it's kind of like a pencil, like a box with a pencil in it. So my, my second question was, um, will there be any further updates or assistance with JAWS when it comes down to those type of things with the icons? Yeah, so that that's a good... Um illustration the icon you mentioned of what sounds to me like a website that's not using proper accessibility standards to tag or code those elements so the way jaws would recognize it if that icon had a text label on it or or some sort of label that jaws could see it probably it's just a little image and even if it doesn't have a visual text label there's still code that can be used in the web page that would then alert JAWS to the fact that it's there and then JAWS would know how to, what to call it. So those kinds of things are hard to get around when the website's not accessible. One tip that I, I could give is by default, JAWS will only announce graphics on a page if those graphics are labeled in the right way. Uh, because otherwise you would just hear tons of graphics that maybe don't matter at all, or if they're not labeled, you could you could change the JAWS setting to tell it to tell you about all graphics. Now, you might not know if it's the right graphic, but if you kind of think you're in the right place and you might could press enter on it, it might work, but it might not. I've seen plenty of sites 
with similar things like that, where there's just, there's barriers, unfortunately. And, and oftentimes you may have to reach out to the site, the, the, you know, the contact, the website folks and see if they can use some of the accessibility standards. I mean, that that's a huge problem for all of us. And no matter whether you're using JAWS or any screen reader for that matter, website accessibility problems are, are a significant issue. Um, you know, Ryan, one of the things he might want to do is contact uh, support and share the sites with them and and uh, walk through it with them so they can write some up some notes and send that on for you know maybe someone to take a look at because uh, yeah definitely you know uh it, it there could be some tips and tricks that that depending upon the content on the page that you might be able to do you know for example you might be able to use like jaws on mouse over techniques and stuff like that there's commands to do that there that most people don't know about and and uh a number of things that you could could try but I mean, like i said with the, the the first problem that i had with trying to get to yep. specific products on the main page it's kind of like going like amazon's interface is so much better because because there's not as many i guess filters as fa fanatics right. would have but it, it's like um I don't know, like when you were talking about the new, the big update about um, scene or source, um, the new function that get Jaws reads out once you go go to a new web page. Um, the glances, uh-huh. The glances. I, I mm -hmm. thought, all right, if the glances, if I could hit like Y for those glances and that would take me to those results quicker, then that would be great. Uh, now I I have my own way of troubleshooting it, but like I said, it takes so long. Like pulling up a links list where there's 269 links on the page, and you have to scroll all the way down to like link 110 every time. That takes a lot, zaps a lot of time out of your day. Yeah. Well, I I would I'd recommend you give them a call and uh, you know start sharing some more of that information with them where they they can actually drill into the page and. Give it a, mm -hmm. give it a look. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. All right. Who's up next, Nancy? All right. Well, we had a hand up and then they put their hand down. So we Should want we to go check to clubhouse. Tra yeah. Let's check with Travis and see yeah. if we have anybody. Hey, Travis, how's it going? Hey, Jeff, how's it going? We have Good. no hands here right now. No hands. All right. Not at All this right. time. If anyone has any questions, uh, definitely raise your hand. Um, you know the web is the the web is such an interesting place, Ryan. It's it's so dynamic and so diverse in the way that that people can build sites. That it's so hard to troubleshoot these things until unless you can get someone who can you know actually take a look at the the way that the page is actually built, right? It's, it's it kind it of is important. You know the interesting thing because Jaws has been around for so long, and and website accessibility wasn't really even a thing until you know, the really the past 10 years or so people didn't really pay much attention. So JAWS was always having to find ways to try to get around inaccessible websites just so that our users could do stuff. Right. And so we do lots of things inside of JAWS to try to compensate where we can for websites that are not coded correctly. What, what happens now is we sort of are in this stage where websites are becoming much more accessible but we're still we still have to try to find things that we can do in jaws to make to to get around inaccessibility problems but if we do that we run the risk of 
causing another problem because if people actually code the website properly, then you can sort of trick yourself out of doing the right thing. And so it's it's a new landscape that we're all in of sort of this balance of following the web of standards, but also trying to make sure that people can actually do their jobs and, and, and do the things that they want to do or get the education they want to get when websites are still inaccessible. Yeah. And, and they can change, you know, from minute to minute too, which is the thing that makes life challenging at times. It is so, for sure. Yeah. But when you have really powerful tools, then you can really put them uh, to great use and come up with creative solutions. So yeah, that's, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, we do uh, have another hand, Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Nancy. Okay. Bay State Council of the Blind. I'm not sure who this is. Is that? No, it's not Brian, but it might be. I don't know who that is. Let's find is out it, who it is. It may have changed this year. Let's see. Let's find out who it is. Can you hear me? This is David Kingsbury. It is David. There. Hello, uh, David. Good evening. Okay. Sorry, I didn't change myself back to my real name there. No. Um, I, I didn't know you represented the entire Bay State Council. You all by yourself. You, you you're a really big guy there, David. Well, I I I pirated the uh, Zoom account, and they're going to come after me now. I, Aren't I, you the resident president? Um, a couple yeah, things. One, the resident I, president, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> resident. So, um, I tried out that smart glance. I really really like that thing. It's going to go into my you know little toolkit of about a dozen keystrokes that I try out all the time. You know, I went on the website of where I work, and boom. The contact information showed up. Um, so very, very nice little feature. I have a question. This is probably just a sort of minor thing, but it, it got my attention today. I um, I upgraded to 2023 on one of my computers. And when I finished it off, it didn't ask me to restart my computer. Um, and I don't oh, know if that did. was a... Okay. Well, out of paranoia. I turned off my computer anyways mm -hmm. and restarted it. So I just wondered that isn't that isn't something new that you don't have to restart your computer, no. is it? Yeah, I mean, typically you should still have to restart. Um, there might be cases where you wouldn't, but most of the time, especially if it's a full new version, I, I would expect that it it should tell you to restart. So you were yeah. probably wise just to go ahead and do it be on the safe side. That yeah, prompt I mean, is there and it should it should have told you because when we beta test and even today when I was doing some things, uh, it did ask me to restart. So yeah. Well out of paranoia, I did it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I was just smart, curious smart if there's move. new there. Yeah, yeah we didn't have the to, we'd love to not have to restart, but we're it's it's not gonna happen. It's too much that goes on under yeah, the hood. Too much oh, I, I don't stuff. mind doing that every few months. Uh, Okay, yeah. that, that was all. Thank and, you. And David, you didn't have the beta version on there, did you, of 2023? Because that might be why. I uh, no, I didn't. I I just um, okay. Yeah, well, no, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's very yeah. interesting. Okay. All right. When's your next book coming out, David? Um, in well, the second version of the first of this book is coming out in the spring. So I'll do a plug. The Carroll Center. We have our technology fair on November 19th, and I'll talk about it. And we'll talk about other things. Too. Oh, okay. Well, everybody stay tuned for Excellent. that. Uh, right. you always Thank do you. really great work, sir. Congratulations. Thank you, David. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We do have a hand in Clubhouse, by the way. You do? Yes. Okay. Let's take it. All right. Simon, you may unmute. Hi, everyone. Hello, Simon. Hi there. Hi. Um, I noticed a problem um, when using the regular Facebook site. It doesn't let you know that there's a new message that has come in when you're chatting with somebody. 
Yeah, that's uh, so. Thank you for letting me know. I will check on that. I don't use the Facebook site with Jaws myself personally that often, so I can't speak to it. But I know that we are, we do have an active relationship with the folks at Meta, and so I will make a note to have our folks check on that and see if we can work with them. If to see, could be an issue on our end, could be an issue on their end, but but yes, we do collaborate with them. And um, so I, I will take a note of that. Great. I'm Thank not you, surprised. Simon. I'm not surprised because they change that, that UI a lot. It so does. It does very well could be, yeah. Quite yeah. It changes almost, almost weekly on mobile. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I have an outlook question too. Sure. Simon, go ahead. Uh, um, where do I go to uh, stop Jaws from reading uh, other things? Um, you know, when you get a new email, I don't want it to read all the other stuff that is um, announcing. Are you saying like when it, when a new email comes in, even if you're not actively in Outlook, it'll say new message from so-and-so and it'll read you the first few sentences of it? Yeah. So there's two ways you can do it. The easy one way to turn it off is it off completely is if you go to the Outlook options. So if you're using the full Outlook, I believe you'd press Alt F, and then you can up arrow to options, and mm-hmm. then go to the Mail tab, and okay. down arrow to the Mail tab, and then if you tab over, it's I don't know 10, 15 tabs. There's a checkbox on an item that will say. It's it's about when new messages come in, and it'll you'll see things like play a sound. Um, one of them will say generate a desktop alert. If you uncheck okay. that, then Outlook mm-hmm. will not generate that alert anymore. Okay, it will just play the sound, right? It'll just play the sound, but it won't generate the alert, which then causes Jaws to read that whole okay thing about it. And Simon, okay, you, do, you do. And Simon, you do know about the new. Uh, the new modern sound scheme that's available in Outlook, actually across the Office apps. Do you know about that as well uh, in Outlook? No. Yeah, if you go into, and I'm pulling it up here on my machine here, if you if you pull up uh, uh, Outlook and you press Alt-F and then T for options, and then you press A for accessibility, there's uh, an area there where you can actually select either the modern or classic uh, sound scheme that can play. And you can tell it whether oh. or not you want sounds to play. So another have, option for the to th- give you some feedback. I have the 365, though. Yep, that's great. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, that will work great. Did that sound scheme okay. change with Windows 11? Uh, Windows 11 sound schemes changed. Yes, it has. But uh, Office 365 sound schemes did not. Okay. No. But there is a uh, the, the sound schemes in Windows 11 uh, have changed. And it depends on whether you're using dark mode or light mode. The sounds are different in both modes. Mm-hmm. So they're they're a little quieter in dark mode because it's, you know, uh, calmer and uh, a little more vibrant when you're not in dark mode. So, yeah, just another tidbit there for you, Simon. Nancy, any other hands? Not at this time. All right. I think we're getting close to the top of the hour and uh, I know it's getting late in Florida too. So well, it is the top just got a hour. hand up and it is the top of the hour. Ah, okay. But, uh, let, let's see. Do we want to go ahead and take, why don't we go ahead and take this one and that'll be, that'll yeah, be the end of this it. hour. Okay. That'd be great. Okay. Who is it, Nancy? 
Carla. Hey, Carla. Go ahead, Carla. We hear you. Can you hear me? I, yes, I can hear ahead. you. Yes. Oh, good. Quick question: Does the smart glance work? Uh, can you just run down what it works and like? Could it work in Word as well, or not? Or because you can edit in Word, it won't. Because um, I know you said it would work on PDFs and websites, and so yes. I'm in confused about it. Yeah, right now it'll work on PDFs and anything in a browser. So anything that's a website, Edge or Chrome, but it won't work in Word. It's something we're thinking about adding in, but right now PDFs and web pages. And would it work in email messages as well? For example, if you had uh, marketing email messages and you wanted to jump, is it basically anywhere where the virtual cursor is? Yeah, right, any, no? anywhere that the virtual cursor is, um, that's where you'll find it. So it will work in email, but I, I would say... It's tested more on the web. Understood. Emails, Understood. You mainly emails are not going to have a lot of the font things, but in some marketing ones, like you mentioned. You oh, man. Yeah. You have no there. idea. <laughs> Would it, it, it show diacritical marks like foreign language accents? No, it's typically looking for visual font attributes. So size of font, color, bold slash italics kind of thing, but not, not necessarily anything around foreign language. I would think marketing emails would have a lot of that though, just, you know, to, to sort and of sometimes they may have so things. much that it actually sort of negates the value of, Oh, the that's speech. interesting. So, Never thought so about the it. The more that things that smart glance finds, the less it actually thinks they're important because then they don't stand Got out. It. Oh, so it's very intelligent bold, that way. Okay. Yeah. And that's the kind of the point. If everything's bold on the site, we don't want to tell you about bold because that's not standing out anymore. So it actually would key on the things that aren't bold. Oh, very good. Okay. Way. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Ryan, what's the best way to uh, reach out to you guys and get more information if customers have questions? Or uh, I don't know if you're willing to give out your yeah, information I, I, or what, what's the best way of doing that? So if you want to reach out to me, if you have questions or, or comments, my email address is rjones, R-J-O-N-E-S at vispero.com. That's V-I-S-P-E-R-O.com or freedomscientific.com, rjones at freedomscientific.com. If you have suggestions and, and if you have thoughts about the features we're doing, if you have suggestions on something you'd like to see us do in JAWS, send an email to software suggestions, all one word, software suggestions at vispero.com. That goes to several of us, and then we can triage those and categorize them and add them to our list of things that we can actually put in in the software. So we'd love to, love to hear feedback on things like Smart Glance. How are you using it? How are you finding it useful? What would you like to see? And then just any general features. What would you love to see in JAWS? We, we want to hear from you. That's awesome. Ryan, and we hope to get you back uh, maybe in March or so, or right around CSUN yeah, time. that'd be fun. And sure. uh, find out what's going on and get the latest updates from you and and learn more what's uh, what's happening in your world. And good luck with all the Christmas stuff this year. Yeah. And, good uh, luck with the lights. Yeah. Get some, get some recordings lights. for us. We want to hear. Uh, yeah. do that. I've been putting up lights for about a week and a half already. So Oh, man. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I love Christmas time. Yep. Do people you, trick Ryan. or treating? Do people trick or treating ever comment on the lights when they? Come uh, I up think to your they're door? just a little confused. So we come <laughs> up to the house. Like, this is the. I'm wrong surprised piece. you don't start in August. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, some do, but well, thank yeah. you guys for having me. This was thank fun. you so I'm much. Forward to to 
talking with you all again. And thanks everyone for listening. And please reach out, please interact with us. Tell us what we can do better, how we can help you all. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. It's been a blast. Thank you you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Larry. Well, let's see. So last last month we had Bob on with us and we had some uh, slight difficulties and Damasi's here too. And so Damasi, we're going to, we're going to let Bob come in here just for just a few minutes and give us a a couple of minor updates. It's it's the last week that one can obtain the vision glasses at a discount. And so we thought it would be good just to make sure that people understand what the latest happenings are. We're going to spend maybe 10 minutes or so. They got a uh, webinar coming up tomorrow as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because we really want to also get to the main discussion that we have uh, centered around uh, password managers tonight and have a have a really in-depth discussion on you know exactly what are password managers why are they useful what are the requirements what should you be looking for and which one is right for you so we'll we're going to cover all that just in a couple of minutes but uh bob are you with us he's muted come on yeah he's in but he's muted yeah okay i heard yeah i heard him come on earlier but he is currently muted i'll there, there you we are, go. Bob. Gotcha. There you go. I guess I was muted and just being quiet during, during uh, the Smart Glance session. Yeah, yeah no, no, all about Jaws 2023. Yeah, and the s- Smart Glance has nothing to do with the Envision glasses. Well, now we're going to go from Smart that. Glancing to Smart Glasses <laughs> is what we're going to do. Because well, um, that's the way we roll around here. Yes, and I am a uh, Jaws user myself. So when I uh, was trying to access uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, I got a update uh, and as soon as I updated, I was able to access a lot more on uh, the J.P. Morgan Chase website. So it was it was very good. And I heard Smart Glance, but I didn't have a chance to really uh, understand exactly what it gave me until uh, this evening. So yeah, uh, we, can all, we can all appreciate the main menu. There you go. Well, well, Bob, we just had just a few minutes with you here tonight, and we thought yes. we'd give you an opportunity just to kind of give everyone sort of the latest goings on here tonight and sort of just remind people of, of the offer that I think extends until uh, Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Is that right? Yep. That's right. That's it's right. the bewitching hour. Everybody that's trick or right. treat to get your glasses. So that's now, what it's all um, about. For all the, just to update the special offer we have uh, partnered with Ira. Right. Um, and you have an existing Ira account. Uh, you can go through Ira and uh, get an additional 10% off the glasses. Um, and if you're not an Ira account user already, you can join up, uh, get, I believe, 200 minutes for free, uh, as well as a 10% off the glasses. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, and again, if uh, you probably have had Ira sessions here to explain to everyone in the yep. uh, Oh yeah. Everybody knows what that is. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Now, Bob, real quick, do you know what the prices are going to be after uh, October 31st? Um, well, right now we are staying with the twenty four ninety nine uh, for um, end users. Um, and that is a precursor to um, new offerings that will probably turn over in uh, January. Uh, and uh, basically they're going to be providing um, quite a bit m- more uh, capabilities with the um, uh, the products. Um, and uh, however, I wish I could give you more, but uh, you'd have to kill us if you told us, right? Is that the I, way this I, works? Right. Bob? I had to take my cyanide pill. No, just to... just Jeff. Just me. Just I Jeff. see. That's, That's right. all right. John almost killed me the other day, so it's okay, <laughs> right, John? Um, I, I can just tell you that the the um, version of the glasses we have now 
will stay at twenty four ninety nine. Okay. Oh, so so are you implying there's a newer version of glasses coming? Um, they're, they're expanding quite a few different options, um, uh, higher and lower. But the um, uh, the the existing version that we have now that's out is going to remain at twenty four ninety nine. Okay, well that's good to know. But uh, uh, everyone who's invested their hard earned money um, uh, that that won't change in January. It's still going to be offered at that price. No, that's good. That that would that that that's good. Now, okay. as far as some uh, additional updates, um, uh, you know, again to give a quick summary, Envision um, is a uh, system platform. So um, it is not tied to hardware. Uh, it is intended to be a growing um, uh, application uh, platform where the existing software, the existing hardware uh, can be maintained and you'll be able to update uh, to have new apps. Now, if anyone has, um, like uh, with Freedom Scientific and JAWS today, uh, if they've gone to update their Envision glasses, if we have any people that have them, you'll notice that there are some changes um, this week to the uh, basic software menus. Um, again, what they're trying to do is uh, utilize the KISS. Keep it simple, right? Uh -oh. Got it. Keep it simple. Yep. Uh, and um, they've made some additional changes to eliminate having to swipe or tap as much. Um, and if people have gone into uh, device into settings, they will notice that those changes. Also, they have beefed up beefed up the iOS support for the hotspot in this latest update, which will be version one eight one. It's intended to be able to uh, transfer to other iOS devices more simply and easily than previously. It will uh, remember more and more iOS devices that you have uh, synced to in the past. So there will be less manual effort to uh, connect to older devices or to add on to other devices. Um, oh, very nice. And that does include uh, the iPad. Uh, basically, you can download the Envision uh, app to the um, uh, to the uh, Microsoft to the uh, uh, Apple iPad and as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection you can utilize um, a lot of the same features um, including the um, call feature with the iPad so okay. they're, they're constantly expanding that and also um, to emphasize some other additional uh, capabilities for those people out there that really like to uh, play and explore the um, capabilities of uh, a lot of the blind technology. Uh, they have added um, a lot more export capabilities, uh, including exporting as a uh, PDF file. And when you do go to save a document after you scan it with your glasses, um, and you save it to your library, you can export that uh, with multiple options, which include PDF now, uh, as well as an exact image, as well as to text. Now, Very good. Nice. Uh, with that in mind, just be aware that with the PDF version, it does strip out graphics such as photos. Sure. It does okay. maintain the uh, uh, text formatting. Okay. Okay. Good. So uh, that will stay with it in the PDF. Uh, exact image is, is, as it says, said, as an exact image. Um, and the one of the uh, best uh, enhancements they've had recently, and they've 
uh, beefed it up uh, and it's made be transparent. You can download the Envision app to any device running Android um, eight and higher. So, oh wow, goes back that far, huh? Yes. So, if you have any note takers uh, that run on the Android system, specifically Hims, mm-hmm. yeah, you can download the Envision app uh, and actually use the glasses and sync with that device. So you can scan a document, export it to that note taker, and then be able to read that text on the Braille display that's on that device. Would that work on the Amazon Fire tablet as well for those that have the older Amazon Fire tablets? Um, oh boy, if you have Android 8 and higher on that device, yes. Okay. 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 Um, and we've had quite a few people that have downloaded the app to their note taker with uh, the note takers with cameras. And actually uh, they do find a little more challenging to um, use the smart guidance to line up the uh, documents. But the real um, en- enhancement here is being able to read the documents you've immediately scanned on your Braille display. Uh, and for those who are Braille um, ready, they it's, it's, it works very, very well with those. Now you can, uh, download to your iPhone uh, or iOS app right now. And if you are connected to other devices um, through the iPhone, once you uh, go to the text options, you can um, export that and read that on your other Braille devices. So just be aware <laughs> there, there, but that does take an extra step um, of going through the iOS drivers. Yep, but again, yep. with that, uh, the note takers, uh, we've had a, uh, real wave of people that um, have been uh, taking advantage of the free Envision app. You can again download that on the Android uh, uh, game store and installing it on their uh, note takers and having an expanded experience with um, Envision. Uh, and yeah. then actually able to synchronize the glasses with that note taker in addition to uh, your cell phone gives you added functionality. That's great. So, Bob, if the, if people want to be able to take advantage of this during this week because it's kind of running out, can they get a hold of you, or would you prefer them going through Ira on that? Um, Ira is still the same link you would go through, and just make sure you use that promotional code. It's demo ten for the extra ten percent off. Okay. Um, and again, uh, for those users who aren't Ira, um, uh, those those main menu members that are not Ira users, it's really a great application to be able to access the world around you yeah. um, uh, with an agent. So, Well, it's, heck, it's worth signing up for the twenty nine ninety five plan for a month and getting the 10% discount for the glasses, right? Uh, yes, sir. There you go. That's right. That's right. That's right. Or just signing up as you buy the glasses and then you get the extra minutes. There right. you go. There right. you go. Okay. You should, right. al- should also mention that tomorrow morning, uh, Envision is having their monthly webinar. And they're going to be talking about the glasses because it'll be two years uh, this right. month that the glasses came out. If you go to letsenvision.com, the first heading that you'll see is a registration link. And it'll take you right to the Zoom registration. And I think it's tomorrow morning... Depending upon where you are. 12 noon Eastern or 9 a.m. Pacific. That is correct. Right. All right. Stole my thunder there. Now, if all of you who have the Envision app downloaded on your devices, you will get an invitation when you open up that app uh, to join and they'll send you a link for uh, to join on the webinar. And if you are looking for a really 
couple of good reviews. Uh, Bob did one with us on Tech Talk back in August. Excellent hour talking about the glasses. And Jonathan Mosin did one on his Mosin right. at Large he, podcast he did, a couple actually. weeks ago. Really yeah, good. He, he, he did. And he and he went all he went everywhere. He went to the mall yeah. and he, he drove took around him out. in a car. Yeah. And so he, uh, they even let him drive with it. I mean, you know. <laughs> but he's not telling too many people about that. Well, I know. Or, I, yeah, exactly. I think they put him in jail for the night, too. But, uh, well, that's no, they story. didn't do that. No, no, no. They no, no, they like him there. Yeah, yeah I guess they do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. listen to the podcast. So Listen to the podcast. Find yes. out. It's all told there. <laughs> all right. Jeff, well, Bob, we, we thank you. Hand. We do have a hand. Did you want to take a question for Bob, or did you want to? Uh, yeah, let's take one, and then we're going to move on to uh, our topic for tonight. But who, Joe. Who do we have? Hey, Joe. Joe, you're on mute. Alte. Hi. Sorry about that. There you go. How can we help uh, you, sir? I actually, I'm glad I'm speaking with Bob. Um, just in general with Envision AI, I've uh, in the vision classes. I've been really interested since I've lost my sight um, about the Envision glasses. And um, I've done a lot of product uh, research within the OCR and the, the smart glasses field. And I keep kind of coming back around to Envision and, and your glasses. Um, and I just had a couple quick questions. Number one, um, as everyone kind of knows. We're going to leave price. it to one question, Joe, okay. tonight, All right, okay? All right. Sorry. No, if you want to uh, contact me, uh, call me, either email me at bob at letsenvision.com. That's Bob at let's L E T S E N V I S I O N dot com. Or you can call me on my cell 832 443 6458 if you want an in depth conversation. Okay. Um, the, the one question I guess I would have to ask is because um, I think someone just mentioned it and I just want to be confirm it. Um, are there payment plans for paying for the glasses or is it just one straight shot? Um, actually for those folks in California through our distributor, we do have a payment program. Hmm. Uh, you signed up for the so. PayPal, uh, domestic payment program. Yeah. I think PayPal uh, offers something too. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. And, a company, and again, a firm is another, um, um, a financing company that, uh, distributors can take advantage of. So yes, we do have a distributor that does offer payment programs. There's a but guy right in Florida now, who also who does it. Uh, one of the distributors in Florida does it as well. So they're, they're around. You just have to yes. kind of hunt for them. What state are you in Joe? PA. And actually th this is one of the reasons why I'm glad I took, you know, wanted to join this call and, and, you know, ask this question because a lot of the rehabilitation organizations and a lot of the distributors that I've really like spoken with around my state have not wanted to deal with Envision. And I, I kind of feel like that's a disappointment because honestly, I, I feel like they're kind of head and shoulders above a lot of the other products. No offense. Yeah. Now, again, I can't, I can't really address their issues for not wanting to uh, deal with Envision. Um, however, I haven't spoken to them and um whether or not they've contacted uh, uh, our corporate headquarters in Europe, I, I can't address that. Um, yeah, it could however, be any number of factors. Uh, any number of factors. But yeah. we are a startup. And again, tomorrow is our two-year anniversary 
Uh, and in fact, it's our little over a one year anniversary of the introduction of the product to the United States and North America. Mm -hmm. So uh, still we're in a growth mode, not, um, and it's amazing, um, not all rehab um, agencies even know about us um despite our marketing efforts and direct contact efforts bob um, for those that will miss the webinar will that be podcasted or put it anywhere for people to be able to watch later absolutely they're all archived they're okay, on youtube good. they're on youtube yes. okay good okay absolutely good. so um please contact me if you want to talk uh yes. I've, I've talked to many um uh clients of state rehab organizations and started the process of of actually um, getting people to listen to us. As you well know, they are government agencies and they are there to manage limited resources. And time is a major resource that they don't have enough of. Uh, and taking calls for manufacturers, um, even though we have um, something as magical as sliced bread now, um, you know, it does take time and effort to um uh in, inform and educate so there you go there you um, go. if there's anything i can do to help please contact me directly excellent thank you bob thank you thank so you. much thank for you, being Joe. with us again Thanks thank you again, very much bob. and again we will have uh in january we need to make a date now because there will be a lots of things to talk about okay so okay, we'll be in touch we'll, uh, we'll be in we'll touch have with our you. people contact your people that's right yeah we'll, 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 we'll reach out excellent thank you all so right. very much and enjoy the evening you thank, thank you bob, you, bob. Okay, bye-bye. All right, now we're going to turn to security, and we're going to talk all about all password managers, and uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about why they're important, what uh, what's the current landscape like. And I brought one of my, uh, my, my favorite people of all time in reference to security and just technology, and, and uh, he's, you're not doing your podcast now, though. You guys stopped doing that after episode 100, right, Damasi? Yeah, we're coming back with a new one, though. I know when, 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 when is that happening? Working on it, man. We got to get the logo done. You got to have artwork and the stuff to submit to logo. iTunes before you can launch. Man, so. I mean, it doesn't, oh, oh man, visual come on. Stuff, man. We, just, we don't need the visuals, man. We just want, <laughs> yeah, but see, we just know, want, they, we they just insist. want Mufasa is what we want. You know, yeah, this great Apple voice insists. of yours, man. Apple you can read the phone book to me. You know that? <laughs> are you on a, are you on a Heil 40 mic, PR 40 mic? What do you want? Uh, I am using a Sure Beta 87A. Doesn't, wow. he, doesn't he sound amazing? Yeah, you sound great. So, uh, Demasi, what, 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 why? For, first of all, why are passwords important? Why are passwords important? Passwords are important because that is the way to best secure and authenticate yourself to an account. So, if we didn't have passwords and all you did is just show up to say your Gmail account and say, "Hey, I'm Jeff," so let me see my email for Jeff. Well, you know, anybody could do that if there wasn't a password. Yeah. Okay. Now, now there's been some interesting, and, and uh, we'll we'll get to password managers in a minute. But there's been some some interesting things happening in the password space. You know, of of companies like Apple and others working on technology to to get rid of passwords. Right? Have you looked into any of this yet? I have, and I'm so glad you brought that up uh, because I did not mention it when me and you chatted earlier. But I did want to talk about uh, this new initiative that Apple, Microsoft, Google, and I'm pretty sure there are some other you know, not yeah. as large companies involved. Uh, technology called passkeys is how they're labeling this. Mm -hmm. Passkeys are interesting because they do look to solve the problem of getting rid of passwords. So the way that they work, let's say you go to a site that supports 
passkey login, you're going to still have to put in a username or email address to identify who you are. And then you can use your device, whether that be an iPhone and Face ID or Touch ID, an iPad, uh, uh, a laptop, whether that's Mac or Windows, an Android device to authenticate yourself. So, you know, in theory, I go to a website, I type in my email address and I hit, you know, authenticate and just using face ID on my iPhone, I have now, you know, replaced the password with, with bi biometrics and I'm into this website. I see some drawbacks with this technology a little bit. You'll note one thing I said is if a site supports this. Now, this technology is not brand new. Uh, Jeff, I know you have a uh, YubiKey yourself. And, and I do, other yeah. People may be familiar with YubiKeys or, or authentication uh, keys that you plug into mm -hmm. a computer or mobile device to authenticate. Yeah, that and, is you, and you touch it, right? Yeah, and you touch the button and then it, it, it authenticates. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, that is the same technology being used for passkeys. Um, one of the problems is as long as YubiKeys and, and, similar, and that technology, the FIDO uh, technology and web WebAuthn technology has been around, there are still a lot of sites that don't support that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in order to support passkeys, that is going to require a lot of work. Uh, not necessarily a lot of work, but it's going to require work on the server side for a website uh, administrator. So... You know, as I said, there's not going to be a lot of that happening very quickly. It's going to be a slow, slow pickup. So it's not going to instantly erase the need to have passwords, right? It's going to be a feature. I recently heard yep. that PayPal is rolling this out in North America. Yeah, I just saw that yesterday. Yeah, passkey. So it's good. And bigger sites like that are going to do it. But, you know, think about all the places you have to log in at and how many of them are still today, you know, the best two-factor security they give you as a text message to your phone right like they're not even which is not secure at all by the way right right it's not it's not the best level it's better than nothing but it's not the greatest no because people can spoof your your phone number they can they they can yeah they can uh, so yeah. is, is so, so what's thing. the solution to that before we get into passwords if, if, if you're using t you know texting to get code sent to you to be able to enter for two-factor what what's the solution for that so I would first and foremost say if if that's the only option a website or service gives you for two factor, take it. Yeah, take uh, it because yeah. it's better than nothing, right? And yep. when it comes down to SIM swapping and somebody stealing your information like that, highly unlikely. But yeah, most of us are not that high target. Like you have to look at your threat model. Like I'm yeah. not a high target for somebody to really go out and try to you know SIM jack me. So it's less of a concern. So take that option if that's all you get. I prefer uh, personally, and I recommend to people that if they op offer, and it has several names, but usually it's going to be TOTP or time-based one passwords, or you'll see them say, you know, you're going to have to scan a QR code with the app like Google Authenticator, mm -hmm. Authy. That is much more secure because your device is basically generating the code and it's an offline situation. So it's more yeah. difficult for people to attempt to spoof that. And that's uh, built into iOS now too. It is. It is. And it's also built into, you know, your Android phones. And there are several apps that are cross-platform if you happen to be a person that moves across platforms mm -hmm. on mobile and tablets and things like that. So I always recommend that as a solution uh, over text messages if it's offered. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Well, now you and I have talked about this a lot because there's been a lot of uh, interesting things happening in this space. And I, and I know that, that it you know, 1Password has been sort of the darling of... Uh, password managers that a lot of people have really liked. But before we get into, you, you know, the ones that are out there and what should people consider when choosing one and all of those types of things, what, what, 
what is a password manager? Why is it, you know, why would someone want to use it? So at its basis, a password manager is a system that will, using different means and methods, but mostly it's going to allow you to capture and store your username and passwords for uh, websites that you need to authenticate to. And most of the ones that exist out here uh, that are available to us today will offer some sort of means for you to use that that password manager to automatically fill in your username and password as you're browsing the web and needing to log in. Uh, and on mobile devices and in other cases, it also will you know, provide the means for you to authenticate inside of applications as well. So it's essentially a, a secure vault that stores your usernames and passwords and some other data as well uh, and allows you to automatically fill that. And another bonus to a to a password manager is they all allow you to generate secure passwords. Everybody has heard, don't use the same password and you know on all your sites. And that's yeah. true. You don't want to yeah. do that. But none of us have the capability, at least I don't. I guess I, can, I, guess I cannot speak for everybody in the world. But I know I do not have oh, the I mental can't. capacity no. to keep up with all of these passwords. I can barely keep up with the sites I'm supposed to log into, let alone yeah. the <laughs> Tell password. me about it. <laughs> so... You know, having a password manager means that one, it is generating a unique password for each site that you that you uh, add to it, and it's going to take care of storing that information and automatically filling it in for you. And typically, you only need, you know, your password, one password that you need right. to remember, not the, the, the master the app, password. The, right? Yeah, you just need a master password to log into the to the app or or web service in order to retrieve your your uh, information. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of them now are, are actually offering two-factor authentication to get into your vault, which I think is kind of interesting. Like like Bitwarden, for example, you can enable that. So you have to enter the master password, and then it sends you, uh, it, it can send you an email, or I think it, you you can use Authy or or something like that to also get in, or a YubiKey, and yeah, actually YubiKey. do two two forms. So yeah, which is interesting. I don't think one password does that though. It it does it does it, it does offers, it uh, it it only does the six digit codes with like Authy or Google Authenticator or a YubiKey uh, though it doesn't offer to send you like an email with a code that you're gonna have to type in so you know that is one okay. advantage okay. of Bitwarden. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so uh, do 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 you think they're secure? I do. Uh, I do for for in, in large part. You know, obviously, I have not you know, investigated every single password manager solution that possibly exists. But the ones that I'm aware of and the ones that we're going to be touching on tonight, absolutely, I trust their security. Uh, partially because a lot of them, if not all of them, are in some way um, have released, you know, security white papers explaining their structure and how they do things. And, you know, this is their business. So when you're in the business of trying to secure stuff, you have to stand on what you have said. Typically for people just kind of curious about it, though, uh, they may store your passwords, uh, your, your, your vault uh, on their servers, but the information is actually encrypted on your device before it goes to their servers, which means, you know, they're not even able to open up your vault and peruse it or, or turn it over to law enforcement or any other, you know, uh, agency for them to have access to your data. Uh, you know, so while they're syncing it for you to have no ability to read that information. Yeah, that's that, that's right. In fact, they tell you if you lose your master password, that then that's your problem. You're that's done. Not ours. Yeah, they can't yeah, help you. You're basically there, no password reset. Yeah, no password reset. <laughs> yeah, which is good, right? I mean, you wouldn't really want that. That would be a, 
a pretty significant security uh, problem. So, in my opinion, yes. Uh, and I feel like as a user, like I have to own my data to a certain extent. Uh, so yep. you have to take that responsibility. Well, before we get into actual products, what are the options in reference to password managers? So the two that I mostly look at, there, there, there are three main areas, I think, where password management is available. Uh, you have standalone services, which is this is what they do. Uh, that, that's their only business or their primary product is a password management solution. Uh, and they tend to offer apps across all of the major platforms as well as extensions for uh, the browsers and mobile apps. Uh, the second option, I would say, are browser-based or, or browser-specific password uh, vaults. So this would be like, you know, Google Chrome will pop up if you don't turn it off to ask, would you like me to save this password on this site for you? That is a password management solution. Uh, Edge, Firefox, all of them have this, this, this functionality as far as I know. Uh, but it is, you know, in most cases restricted to that browser, right? So if I were to start using the Chrome solution and then I jump over to Edge one day, well, I'm going to have to do something about getting my stuff out of Chrome. Uh, the third option is one that seems to be a little rarer, uh, but is operating system based. So like Apple has their keychain solution. Uh, if you're a Chromebook user, obviously, you know, that that is an operating system. So Chrome's uh, password manager is a solution. But I would say the two primary ones that people really should investigate and, and figure out if they work for them would be either a standalone service or uh, a browser based one if you are only using it in a browser. Yeah, now that's interesting that you bring up operating systems and, and, and browsers. And Apple has sort of bridged the divide there where they have keychain, but they also offer browser extensions to be able to access the keychain data, say on Windows, as well as, uh, you know, and natively on iOS and on Mac, right? Yes, yes. And that, that, that is, they, they are sort of an outlier there uh, because they have, you know, there, there's actually now an app on um, Mac OS that you can access your passwords. You've been able to access them directly on iOS. But yeah, they, they have actually done something that I'm honestly surprised by, which is, you know, you now can also access that data on Windows and make use of the password filling uh, solution on Windows uh, just by installing the iCloud control panel. Uh, and we all know yeah. Apple doesn't really like to play outside of their space. So I was really I, I, surprised by exactly. that. Exactly. And you have to also also install either the Edge or Chrome extension um, right. to be able right. to, to to actually get them. The, the thing I do not like about Apple's solution, unlike the Mac, and, and I actually wish they would do this on iOS, is they, uh, I also understand why they're probably not doing it, is on the Mac, you can run the Keychain app and actually view your entire you know, keychain of of uh, passwords, and you can actually export it to a CSV file. Um, that's that's one of the things I, I I've been a little concerned about with operating system level password managers or browser based uh, you know password managers. The inability to to move my data out of their environment into another app if I so choose. Um, that's been something that I think uh, has been really something I would. I, I personally would want is in a password manager. I think that's a, a valid consideration. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's also something that I always consider. Because uh, like you, like I don't like if I start using a system and I can't, you know, migrate my data uh, for whatever reason, because it's mine, actually. Like what I'm paying, whether you're providing the syncing or not, like it's still my data. I should be able to get it out. Um, 
my honest recommendation, I, I very rarely recommend personally keychain uh, on Apple's devices to people unless I know the person well enough uh, or they they know themselves well enough to say, well, all I'm going to use, you know, most likely is going to be, you know, an iPhone and an iPad, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. And then it doesn't become an issue, right? And it's an easier way. And oftentimes that is sort of a entry point for a lot of people to actually using a password manager because they are, you know, strictly iOS or strictly, you know, iOS and Mac or now that it's on Windows, it gets them in without any sort of extra cost, right? So at least they start there. Uh, hopefully Apple will continue their efforts and provide a way for people to export their data for migration on Windows as well as hopefully providing that solution to actually work on Android as well because I, I still feel like, if if you're gonna do it, don't do it halfway. Like we're we're surprised that they're on Windows, but they really if they're gonna yeah do they that, need to they do need it to all right away. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I have seen quite a few people that have started with Keychain on iOS because they 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 were iPhone iPad pretty much you know around the house day to day. Oh, it's so it, simple it, to do, right? It, yeah, and it prompts it's simple, you. Right? So you just click, click, in. yeah, save it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it gets them in. Right. And, and then maybe at some point they move on to one of these other services we're going to talk about. But at least they have started, if nothing else, like just just please use a password manager because none of us can keep up with all these passwords. There's way too many services, even if you aren't Jeff or me that have way more responsibilities than we probably sometimes want and way more passwords to deal with. than we absolutely want to deal with. We still all have too many of them. Oh yeah, there's no question about that. Or, or we're always or reusing the same password in multiple sites. That's yeah. the biggest problem. That, that that is the and and that's why I say like I mean, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, it was fairly easy to come up with like some sort of. I used to have a system that was like it, it was a, a a rather decent system at the time because I only had a handful of sites I had to log into. I needed to log into my webmail, probably an online bank. Uh, I mean, it, it, we're, I'm talking like before I was even on Facebook or, or Twitter or anything like that. So very few accounts. You know, I probably could yeah. have named all of them at one time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it was were you on CompuServe? Keep up with it. Uh, man, for a little while, not not long. Yeah, I start. I started on CompuServe. Did you? Were you on Genie? Were you ever oh, on Genie? What no Genie, man? What no Genie? <laughs> that was General Electric's. Uh, did Larry or Larry or John? Were you ever on Genie? No. Neither one of us. Really? Okay. No. Genie was cool, man. That 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 was the place to be. It was that was awesome. I, I, I think I, I heard of this one though. Yeah, it was you. great. It was put out by General Electric, and it was uh, it was a great service. It was yeah, it was good. Uh, I heard other people talk about it, but I was never on it. Yeah, I started on CompuServe, and that was back, of course, when we had dial-up modems, and you could mm -hmm. hear the data over your mm -hmm. television screen. You know, <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah, those, yep. those are the I good still have days. that sound effect. It's so good. Twelve, I still 12, have it yeah. as a three hundred baud modem back in the day. Yeah, man. good, good times. Yeah. That, that, that was. Yeah, when a password manager was a piece of paper, uh, <laughs> sticky note on your monitor, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that, that's what a password manager was back then, man. 1983 with a Commodore 64 and a cassette tape. Yep. Yeah, there so you, you go. <laughs> so you talked about password managers, and, and I have not done much with it. I want to, but time gets away from me. So what are the questions I need to ask in order to get involved and start using a password manager? Yeah, that's a great qu question. Go ahead, Damasi. I was going to say, were you asking what, what are the questions? you? What, 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 what kinds things? of things do I need to know? Oh, okay. So first you need to know what's out there, um, obviously, and kind of think about what you need. So 
the options that I am most familiar with are um, one password. I'm doing these the best to best of my ability in alphabetical order. I'm not not selecting them by what I like necessarily. So oh, I'll select the one I like. Uh, Bitwarden uh, and LastPass happen to be the ones that I'm most familiar with. There's also one out there called KeyPass. I have not used that in over ten years, so I can't really speak to its accessibility or functionality at this point. Yeah. I can talk a little bit about that. That's an interesting solution, but it's not necessarily, depending upon your use case, it, it could be a solution. But for most people, especially if you have a family, it's not It's not yeah, ideal. We'll talk yeah. about that. It, it, it is, I'm going to say this, KeyPass from what I remember is way more on the end of like, you know, you want to manage everything and you're responsible for everything down to how you want to sync it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot less, you know, integrated than the the other three solutions being one password bitwarden and LastPass. uh when it comes down to and it's free yeah key pass is free that that is a that is a thing uh what i tell people is is one evaluate you know what, what you actually need so bitwarden is is a option that has um been around for a little while so it's not brand new even though it kind of feels like it but bitwarden has actually been around for quite some time and it gives you, I'm going to say, from my usage of it uh, over the past couple of months, it is a good, solid solution. Uh, it is accessible. Uh, it is going to give you what I think are probably the things that most people need out of it, which would be, uh, you know, password generation and, and autofill, so usernames and passwords for login items. Uh, they also store credit cards, so you can you can save your card numbers in there. That is the thing that really got me into password managers, by the way, is the ability to store my card information because uh, I got two or three different little cards here. And, and uh, man, I do not miss the days of carrying around like a little piece of paper with my, my, my debit card number written on it in Braille because I couldn't remember it. Yeah, or sticking uh, Dymo label on the back of your card and getting yeah, the card yeah, stuck like in a, the, in a ATM machine. Incorporate. Yeah. Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> Uh, so the ability to, to, to store your card information in there and then be able to autofill it or just view it when you need to, you know, give it out for some reason or type it in somewhere is extremely useful. And then um, I believe they also do secure notes, which is just, hey, here's a way that you can just type in some information and, and, and store it and retrieve it for later. Um, I would always recommend people, you know, all of these services. Uh, Bitwarden is free with some limitations. It's not very expensive once you start paying for it. Uh, but all three of these, one password, Bitwarden, and LastPass, all offer free trials. Uh, so, I, I, one thing I would do is encourage anybody to go try them out and see which one you like, uh, because everybody has slightly different needs. They're all. Um, I haven't played with LastPass in in quite a while, but at least one password and uh, and Bitwarden tend to have a. a a more web-like looking interface, you know, one of these electron type, you know, interfaces. So this, this could be somewhat problematic for you. The, the, the one thing I do like about Bitwarden is, is that you have full access to all of this as well, just in your browser where you can go manage your vault. And it, it actually has even additional features that are not even inside the app where you can export things and do a bunch of other um, features. The, the, the pricing just for people's information, it's, it's free, for the basic features for a single user, if you want to uh, pay for uh, use for for two people, then it's ten dollars a year. If you would like to uh, have all of the features of Bitwarden and share it with up to is it five or six? I think it's it's either five or six uh, family members. 
then it's $40 a year. And that also gets you additional functionality uh, as well. Um, and that's actually cheaper than say one password. And I have not checked the the last pass pricing structure lately, but yeah, a, uh, I think one password is $60 a year, right? Uh, I will let you know for sure in a second. I believe that's correct. Yep. And so quickly to bring people up to date, one password was at least for a lot of the blindness community, the password manager they used to go to, and then with the latest update, it became largely inaccessible. Is that yeah? Now they fair have since say? fixed that. They have okay. since fixed that. Okay. Um, and and it does have some polish. You know, for example, that it does have voiceover actions and things like that. Where where I think Bitwarden does need to catch up in certain aspects to their to their uh, UI or user experience. Uh, Bitwarden is an open source project. In fact, you can even host uh, Bitwarden on your own server if you wanted to, if you're that geeky and wanted to, you know, put that on your own domain or and, and do all that and control your own destiny, that would be fine. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so, you know, there's something to be said for that. Um, however, with all of these companies, and it's, and, and I'm not going to call out one over the other, because honestly, this could happen to Bitwarden tomorrow too. Um, the, the, the state of the use of these tools is, is as good as they maintain its level of accessibility. And that, that is so crucially important, especially when you're talking about security of your, you know, your entire digital domain, right? Demasi? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I'm in one, I'm in full agreement with, you know, any anybody can make a mistake or or push an update that breaks some accessibility features. That's that's possible for any. I mean, it's possible for Apple if we step outside of just talking about password managers. Like that can happen to anybody. But it is critical to me that accessibility be a main part of their development cycle, whoever they may be when it comes to password managers. Because if you break it to the point that I can't access it, then that means I can't get into anything. And I do mean literally, I cannot get into anything. I probably have maybe five passwords outside of my master password to get into uh, my password manager memorized. Um, and none of those include, you know, banking sites or anything like that. So, you know, while I can go check my email, <laughs> can't get into my bank account. Uh, so it, it is critical that the accessibility uh, re remain um up to date and that they stay aware of accessibility as they're developing features. Uh, also, I want to go back to another point too. I, I mentioned LastPass just to be fair that LastPass is a tool that's out there. I have not also used it myself in a very long time. Um, so I, I cannot speak to the accessibility of it. Uh, like Jeff, I do like Bitwarden. Bitwarden has a lot of nice features. I One of the things that draws me to Bitwarden as a service is that for most people, it is the perfect solution. Uh, they do need to do a little catching up, and I think just communicating to them probably will help see that, uh, you know, ball yep, start to right. move forward. Yeah. They seem uh, very receptive. actions and things. Huh? They seem, they seem very receptive. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Uh, but the, the cost of it, I think, is is, is um, another factor, right? Because most people don't need it. One thing about 1Password, and I'm not trying to pick on them as a company, but this is a thing that has happened. Number one, they have started trying to move more upstream from where they started, which they started out as as a as a user focus. They started out as just a, a Apple company, uh, first and foremost, and they were very heavily user focused. And they have since, you know, in the past few years, started moving more towards trying to acquire 
and integrate into the bigger corporate uh, enterprise world. So a lot of times it, it is going to be the case that they're going to add features that most people don't need. Like they recently added a new feature that I actually love, but most people probably don't care about it. Right. Uh, which is the ability to, you know, use one password to sign get commits. And for a lot of people, that's going to go right over your head. You have no idea what I even just said. Uh, for me, it's a super cool feature for the average person is not necessary. Uh, whereas Bitwarden, you know, not that it's a, a simpler product or a lesser product. I just think it's less more complicated, it's less complicated and, and is not trying to target the enterprise IT world. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a consideration to think of when you're looking at solutions. Well, Bitwarden feels a lot more community driven too. Like they, they have, yes. uh, they're constantly reaching out on social media. They're constantly talking to customers on uh, public forums. They have monthly meetings with users and reaching out and getting feedback. Um, you know, it's, uh, and 1Password used to do a lot of that. Uh, and yeah, they do, they, they do, corporate, I've been, uh, you know, they, it, it, not as much though. It's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's as much. No, it, it doesn't. And, and again, I, I say, and, and they, you know, they're, again, they're, they're targeting a different audience. And there are a lot of people uh, outside of us sitting here now and people like us that, that are concerned about accessibility that are super upset with 1Password because they have changed the company that they used to be. They're not as user focused they're more company focused right and and you know they got to grow they, they have growth that's that's the thing that happens um i say right now i feel like between the two solutions though uh one password and bitwarden uh, are the two that i would recommend and it really comes down for me what do you need if you just need a password manager um Look at Bitwarden because it's cheaper. I mean, let's be honest. Like, no, yep. nobody, I'm not yep. rich, right? I pay for one password for a couple of reasons because I have some very specific needs that are not available to me in Bitwarden. Uh, otherwise, I would have, you know, done the Jeff and just been like, all right, I'm out of here. Uh, and I tried that, right? I did try Bitwarden and I may be switching to Bitwarden for my family. I got to have a conversation about that when I brought up the fact that we were going to change. See, see, the problem is bringing your family along. That's the hard part, right? Uh -huh. Like it's see, easy for you say. and me to say we're all going to switch and then it's like, oh yeah, says to who? Uh-huh. That, that, that's what I was about to say. I had to have a conversation. Yeah. I brought up, yeah. that, hey, we may need, we, I want you to look at a different password manager. Uh, you know, I was nearly flung on the floor. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's sometimes a very difficult conversation to be having. Yeah, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to do. Hey, we have about 10 minutes left to the show. And while we, you and I can keep talking for two hours, uh, we want to just make sure we, we also just make sure if there are any hands that we, that we take them too. So Travis or Nancy, um, if you see hands pop up, then, uh, by all means, jump on in, feel free to interrupt. It will, it's perfectly fine. How is uh, uh, Bitwarden ranked among password managers? Uh, I always look at the little, you know, what people write about the, the top 10 of password managers. Is it, is it ranked amongst those that have a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good credibility in the industry? So I don't look at things like that as far as rankings. Like this, this one is number one. This one is number two because it's also very subjective. Yeah. Uh, what I will say about their security is one, they're open source. They have been vetted by uh, a couple of different security companies that have looked at their code and say, yeah, they're doing it right. Their security is the way that it needs to be. Uh, is rock solid. 
uh, I am from, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but when I did look at their report, uh, one of the security reports on there, it was a company that I was familiar with in that space of, of doing like pen testing and, and security evaluations. So when it comes down to what they're doing encryption wise and how they store your data, they are doing that correctly. Uh, they, they are doing that very well. Um, and the, this, the other part of that would be uh, the reason, like I said, the reason I don't look at like people's rankings of like this one is number one, number two, number three is because I might say one password is the number one password manager in the world for me, but it's because I have very specific needs. Whereas the person evaluating this may just be looking at costs and they're like, well, Bitwarden mm-hmm. for what you pay for it is, is the better solution. But yeah. their security is rock solid. Uh, okay. They, they, go ahead. And I was going to say that that's the key, because if you're going to put all your passwords into one basket, more or less, it, security is probably the the one number one determinant for most people. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a hard thing to swallow. Right. Like you're, yeah. you're throwing all your stuff in this one thing and it's like, well, how do I trust them? Right. And I'll give an example of like last passwords breached a couple of months ago. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, I'm leaving what last pass because they got hacked. And it's like. It's so convoluted, but essentially no user data was ever exposed at all because, again, they can't read your stuff, right? You know, even if somebody hacks, I mean, their production server wasn't even breached at all. It was like their development environment and somebody just wasn't being as tight on that as they should have been. But none of their code was exposed. And even if it was, I mean, it wasn't going to have a net effect on any users because, again, Mm -hmm. it's all encrypted. It's all yeah, encrypted, right, right before yep, it goes yep. to their servers. And I mean, Bitwarden, as Jeff said, is completely open source. You can go to GitHub right now and, and anybody can browse their source code. And we do have a hand. All right. Who do we have, Nancy? That is Greg. Hey, Greg, how can we help you? Can you hear me? Yes. Sir. Yes, we can hear you. I was wondering, um, I use one password, but... Um, is Bitwarden, is it, um, does it work very well with JAWS? I use JAWS with one password. It, it, it does. Um, uh, I, again, all, all of these apps, uh, now, I ha- again, I haven't looked at LastPass in quite a while, but all of these apps now, uh, 1Password8, uh, Bitwarden, they all tend to have this sort of, uh, you know, browser-like U- UI. Now, Bitwarden does have a menu bar, though, which... You know, my gosh, I haven't seen an app with a menu bar in forever, right? Like, what is that? What is, wow, old school. Um, well, I, I, I did use LastPass or LastPass before I went to one password, and I thought the accessibility of LastPass was uh, was beginning to have problems. Why I switched? Yeah, I, I tried LastPass a number of years ago, and I and I ran into issues with it, and that's why I was using one password for quite some time, and then. Yes. I switched Sorry. over to, to Bitwarden. So, yeah. Great. Anything else, Greg? No, thank you, buddy. Okay, thank you. Uh, Travis, do you have anyone in Clubhouse? No, we do not. Right. All right. Well, uh, so wh- where can people find uh, each of the password managers that we've talked about tonight, uh, Damasi? All right. So for one password, you go to one, the number one password dot com and they have plenty of information there uh in some cases you may have to indicate clearly that you're looking for personal slash family versus their team slash business because again they have gone very corporate on us so uh, be aware of that a lot of the features they're talking about are not even going to be relevant to 
uh, the everyday user. And then Bitwarden is at bitwarden.com, B-I-T-W-A-R-D-E-N.com. Yeah, yep. And uh, you can create an account there and sign in and actually uh, take a look around at the, the website for free. Um, there are there are downloads for each of the different uh, applications, both for uh, iOS and Windows and Mac. I think Bitwarden's available on Mac too, right? Yep, yep. yep. So both yep. both of these have uh, applications for all of the major operating systems, and including some Linux distributions as well. So if we got yeah, anybody cool. out there that's a Linux desktop desktop user, uh, yeah. options are available to you. They yeah. also both offer uh, extensions for all of the browsers, so Chrome, Edge, Firefox, Safari, uh, as well as offering the the sort of share sheet extension uh, capability on iOS. I do apologize. I have not tested Bitwarden on Android at all, so I can't speak to this. Yeah, I haven't, e- I haven't either. Um, I need to do I ha- that. I have, a, uh, I have a Pixel 3 in my drawer over here that I haven't looked at in probably what three years. So yeah. Yeah. One of those situations. I, I ought to start looking at Android again. Now that, now that they have multi-finger gestures, I think uh, it might be more interesting to take a look. Boy, those gestures for me were challenging at best. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, any other last minute gems you want to bestow upon us before we uh, make a graceful exit out of here tonight, Damasi? I just want to reiterate what I said at the beginning, which is whether you choose to start with Keychain and listen, if you're an iOS user and that's primarily what you're on, try it out. I mean, give it a try, right? Get started somewhere with with something that is going to secure your passwords, uh, because as we see in the news, breaches are constantly happening all the time. And the one way to protect yourself, because you can't do anything about company X not, you know, locking down things the way that they should, but... What you don't want to happen is company X gets hacked and then the people who breached your information or the people who bought your information on the dark web are able to take your 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 username and password combination from site X and go log in to site Y, right? Because you're using the same password everywhere. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we will... Uh we are probably going to take a little bit of a break, definitely in December. And uh, we have the holiday auction coming up on ACB media as well. That's uh, that's coming up right close to main menu time. And of course that's right around the time that Thanksgiving and all that's happening. So we'll keep everyone updated, but uh, we were for sure taking a break in, uh, in December. That's right around Christmas time. And my guess is that we're probably going to take the month of November off for main menu live, but we would be back in January with the, all new content is my guess at the moment, unless there's something late breaking and new and all that kind of fun stuff happening. Um, that's at least that's my, my current thinking on, on things. What do you I think, agree. Larry? I, I agree. Yeah. And, yeah. and if people, if people have suggestions, uh, topics that we should potentially cover for next year, uh, is there somewhere they can write to us? Uh, we'll get that out on lists because I think okay, we should that's probably, probably a good idea. Up. Yeah, we yeah, should probably maybe let's, somebody's let's get got a mailbox some... set up. I'll talk to Rick about that. We'll okay. get something set up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good night, everybody. We'll see you in 2023. Good night, everybody. <laughs>